I have to remember to actually do that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... <laughs> All right. So, Chris. Brad. Thank you for inviting me over to watch The Joker. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, had you seen it before? I had not. Neither I had, had I. I had read some things and heard some things. Yeah. But I had never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I had seen actual uh, reviews of things, so I knew specific beats within the movie and things like that. But I was still curious yes. about the performance and this amazing, you know, directorial breakthrough on the part of Todd Phillips and uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix and all of his prize-winning performances. I wanted to see uh, what that was about. Yeah, so... Um... <laughs> and we saw it didn't we we sure did um, yeah we just uh finished watching say, the movie how long ago i don't maybe five ten minutes yeah about that you were gonna say <laughs> i i i don't hate this movie mm. i don't mm. hate it right but when i was not bored i was frustrated <laughs> and what was it that was frustrating to you, Chris? The portrayal of ev- literally everything in this movie. Oh, wow. Um, the portrayal of a vague, unspecified mental illness. Mm. The mm. portrayal of a society that was just insanely brutal. Buried in its own garbage. Yes. Like, I mean... For a movie that's trying to bring realism, the society contained within this movie was goddamn insane. Mm. Well, it was pretty heavy-handed. I mean, I thought Blade Runner did a better interpretation <laughs> of, uh, you know, yeah. a distressed society. <laughs> when Blade Runner does it better. <laughs> well, um, yeah, a... But Joaquin Phoenix and his performance. Okay, I want to talk about the casting okay. in this film for a second. Okay. Because Joaquin Phoenix, I think, was the exact wrong person to get for this. I think that they needed somebody like uh, DJ Qualls. Hmm. You know who DJ Qualls is, right? What was he in? He was the like the skinny dude in like Road Trip. And he was, uh... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, skinny, goofy dude. Yeah, but does he have the sort of chaotic energy and joy for mayhem that uh, Joker requires? He can. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I think it's within his acting ability. Okay. But I think just, like, getting a huge name like Joaquin Phoenix, who... I guess he really, really slimmed down for this role, but still, yes. it's like, man, it's Joaquin Phoenix. He could just beat the shit out of all these people. Well, uh, like I thought that was poorly cast. And uh, Murray. Robert I De Niro. I didn't need De Niro in that role. Mm. 
Well, I thought that was a very sort of tongue-in-cheek callback to the King of Comedy and yes. the Taxi Driver and all of that, you know. Okay, so that's something that I wanted to talk about right off the bat. Okay. I didn't bring it up while we were watching it. Jeez. Did that actually remind you of Taxi Driver at all? Oh. Because to me, well, it there did certain, not. There were certain specific elements. For example, uh, him playing with the gun and uh, dancing and sort of um, fantasizing while he's holding this pistol only with him because you're undermining the character rather than empowering the character. He actually accidentally fires the gun into the wall. Right. Right. But that's very reminiscent of the whole, you talking to me? Famous yeah. bit in Taxi Driver. So would I say that there are, there are I, core I, elements of Taxi Driver? Well, he's got his little sort of cliquish group within the clowns that uh, sort of... Uh, he seeks some sort of advice from but because he's so isolated he can't connect with these people you know so is it is it like a blueprint carbon copy can you see like elements of uh you know specific plot points playing out i would say no you'd really have to dig for them but the sensational feel of taxi driver uh of king of comedy someone who's obsessive and isolated like that yeah those elements are in there and when you find out that oh yeah scorsese actually did spend a little bit of time in pre-production helping to develop the early script you go oh okay that's why those elements are in there because he was you know sort of adapting early material just to kind of play and figure things out that's my presumption right because he leaves the project, but it's still in very much in the developmental stages. So those foundation pieces are there. And there's Todd Phillips to come in and um, put his stamp on the overall storyline. Yeah. So. Which I don't think was great. No. Uh-uh. No. In a lot of ways, I'm very uh, furious and uh, let's say um, <clears throat> disappointed with the missed opportunities that were available because this was constantly about victimizing a character who was always the uh, power figure, the yes. instigator, right? Not the victim. And one of the things that I have a huge problem with is... The when they pull in on his writing and it says something about like the worst part about having a mental illness is people expecting you to act like you don't. Oh, yeah, like, uh huh, yeah, okay. Or will oh, my okay. death make more sense than my life? And sense is spelled wrong in that deliberately sort of childish. And why is his handwriting so terrible? Okay. But here's the thing, is in that case, I agree with society. Like, you can't just have a raving maniac running around. Sure. It's just because of my mental illness. (laughs) Like, no, that's not an excuse. Like, sure. Get yourself under control. Mm -hmm. And this movie seems to glorify being like that. 
and I don't like it. <laughs> well, look, I every... super don't like it because, okay, it's fine to be who you are. It's fine if you have a mental illness to act out in certain ways. Mm. But when you're acting like this, but then you expect society to adapt to you being a completely insane maniac, Mm. Mm -hmm. that is what I have a problem with. Well, now here is... Hmm. See, now, I wonder... With with that though, um, I I just feel like it's promoting people that already do have a mental illness to just go act on whatever feelings that they have because. Well, right. Um, I guess what I I really kind of stalled I stalled out there because I was going to go in uh, another direction talking about how the structure of the story itself. Uh, is designed so that in every scene with this character, we're introduced to how his world is sucks, his world sucks, his life sucks. He has an encounter that demeans or diminishes him. Every single scene is like that. Yes. Now, with what you're talking about with the mental illness aspect, this is another thing that's deliberately used as a device more for pity than to actually depict him dealing with. Uh, the mental illness itself. And I think that that's what stalled me out there is that I was trying to make that that correlation, but that's that's really what it is, is the way they portray his mental illness is disingenuous. It's, it's, yeah, it's portraying the, no, act on all of your worst impulses. And be rewarded for it. Yes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So he goes off his meds. And uh, he literally starts killing people openly and, uh, and uh, you know, acting in an even more extremely narcissistic manner. And he ends up with, uh, you know, a, a mob surrounding him, cheering him on. Yeah, which may or may not be in his head because... Because he's delusional, yeah. And that's the other excellent point, is how much of this movie, particularly after we know he's gone off his meds, how much is real and how much is him just sitting there watching TV thinking that he's actively participating when he's not? Exactly. And (laughs) Which again, fuck you for (laughs) presenting this kind of conundrum. Yeah, and... Here's the thing. If they would have really portrayed him in a sympathetic way, yeah, I think it would have been worse. Mm. Because if they portrayed him as completely sympathetic, mm-hmm. that would have been a really, really bad message. But well, no matter I what... Think- I think what they did was still a very bad message. Well, yeah, because, I mean, ultimately this guy is is a homicidal maniac, uh, enjoys killing, enjoys creating moments of mayhem, chaos, uh, enjoys being that instigator. And, uh, you know, this movie ends with him being surrounded... By that yeah. mob. Oh, no. Well, technically it ends at, with the chase scene in the psych ward after 
uh, it's kind of inferred that he's killed the shrink, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, whatever, whatever the hell that's about. But uh, he's there. They cut away from that at the perfect time because if it were the real Joker, he would have been saying things to that mob like, oh, okay, now let's go do this, go do this. Why don't a couple of you do this? Hey, you know, a yeah. couple more fuck, you know, this sort of thing. No, they just have him do a happy dance. And then the next time we see him, he's in a psych ward, you know? Yeah. So it's like, this is another incredibly missed opportunity to, if you're really talking about an origin, then this guy changes that dramatically. And he should change that dramatically, and he doesn't. Yeah, and all the things that, like, He's trying to get help. He's trying to get help and no one's listening. Mm-hmm. Like, I I found that also kind of disingenuous because somebody who is saying things like that... Yeah. ...would yeah. absolutely be... You're talking about someone who has I'm... a file from childhood about their psychological uh, development their medication, the treatments, you know, yeah. all of the different doctors, and this individual will suddenly be entirely cut off from any sort of treatment or care <laughs> just because of budget cuts. No, I'm sorry, I don't I, I, I don't, don't buy, it. <laughs> buy that. You know, there are always some sort of resources that are available, and, you know, I will even go so far as to say there are church-based organizations that their entire function is to help people who have no money and no resources. So there are resources that are out there if you're truly, truly hard-pressed. So the whole idea that, you know, the world is a terrible place and, and, you know, if you have a mental illness, you have to depend on the state or you're fucked. That just, I just don't buy that. You know, I don't buy it. Sorry. No, and it's so goddamn heavy-handed throughout the entire it is. film. Man, it's everything. Like <clears throat> the soundtrack. So. Yeah, the soundtrack was like listening to The Shining all the way through. You know, with heavy bong, 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 dun dun. It's like Jesus, man. Come on. I just thought, you know, and then on the other side of it, you have. Um, in the white room oh. with black... How dare they? <laughs> yes. Those of while, all of the songs... While watching this movie... Are you kidding me? I, I literally saw Brad <laughs> sit up and say, How dare you? <laughs> as soon as Cream started playing... Man, of all of the songs in, in that was, moment... It was my favorite part of the know, movie was Brad's performance. <laughs> It I was mean, amazing. People people give a lot of uh, you know uh, notice to him dancing on the stairs to that Gary Glitter song because it's a Gary yeah. Glitter song or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're oh, just oh, you mean kind of poaching this, soundtrack music. That you know? Dude, this been convicted of like diddling boys. Kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, uh, whatever. God knows <laughs> there are. M- there are many, many uh, other songs you could have chosen. 
Sure. Uh huh. And <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know the old wheel of fate span spun and uh, and that's where we yeah, landed. <laughs> yeah, that's where the arrow fell on the wheel of which songs to use. And apparently later in the movie, when you could have used any other song than in the white room. <laughs> Is that the name of the song? In the White Room? I don't know. The White Room. Yeah. But it's this excellent song by Cream. And uh, it absolutely was inappropriate for that particular moment in the movie. Are you getting just because express enough how much I watch Brad almost just... get up out of his chair and say, Yo, fuck you at a movie. I very it was rarely amazing. I very rarely have such uh, visceral moments of outrage, but that's I mean, you can you can uh, take a glorious song and I mean, just because you can cut a few scenes of people rioting and maybe some fire and make it go with the beat and maybe even in some sort of odd way extrapolate, you know, a relationship to the lyrics, there are some songs you just don't need to use in that way. And they they just basically, you know, took a little teenage girl (laughs) around the alley and slapped her around for a little bit. And that's some bullshit. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I felt about that. Anyway, um, that was only one moment in in a series of travesties in this movie about a homicidal killer. Um, By the same token, man, Cruella, same thing, though. I haven't seen that movie. I, I haven't either. I've heard that it is actually very good. Have you? Yeah. Well, I heard this movie was good, so... Yeah, I, I heard this movie was good as well, and it was laughably stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really wish that uh, the mental illness had been clearly defined and they had gone from a very specific vantage. And that's the thing, is that it takes itself so seriously Yeah. that it's just garbage. Yeah, and the way they connected him to the Wayne family... And oh, trash. Yeah. Uh huh. That whole last sequence. Oh, I know a joke you wouldn't understand. <laughs> just you know, go fuck yourself. Seriously, it's and, just awful. And yeah, to people saying that Joaquin Phoenix had just like this incredible role in this film, I don't think it was that great. If well, I'm being honest. I would say that his that last scene that he's there with the shrink felt very reminiscent of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, where yeah. um, you know uh, Norman is sitting in the room by himself and he's having his monologue as his mom and and you know that sort of triumphant smile at the end is. Very reminiscent of what we were seeing with this sort of thing. So, I guess what I'm saying is, it felt like a movie that was not necessarily original in what it was talking about and how it portrayed what it did. No, because, again, it's constantly compared to Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Yeah. Granted, I've not seen The King of Comedy Mm. in a very long time, but... Mm. I know a tra- taxi driver pretty well, and this really did not 
remind me that much of Taxi Driver. No, like uh-uh. because at no point are we shown that Arthur Fleck is kind of a dirt ball. Mm. Because everything that he's doing in the film, it seems like he's genuine about. Well, he's consistently portrayed where, as a victim. Yeah, but where in Taxi Driver, you know, like he gets Sybil Shepherd out on a date and then takes her to a porn theater. Well, and yeah. we're shown that disgusting element of Travis Bickle to where we go, oh, this is not a good dude. Well, okay. That is actually an excellent scene. Uh, that whole sequence is rather interesting. And it's interesting because... Um, now, I think that's uh, before he starts his whole exercise kick, right? Where he's like, every muscle must be hard. I have to train. I have to be, you know, prepared all the time. And right. then... And then he goes and he shaves his head, right? So, so what we're seeing there is, um, you know, a progression. Like I was talking about earlier with the Joker movie, how there had to be a specific progression of, oh, okay, so now he kills his mom and right. now he's free of this parental thing, right? Yeah. So in Taxi Driver, what he has done is w- what for him would have been like an unachievable feat before he grew grew some balls and decided to ask out this woman that he was attracted to, right? So, astonishingly, she takes a chance, says yes, okay, great, well, cool. Well, now this guy, who basically was a porn addict to begin with, doesn't know what to do with this woman, so he ingratiates her into the only thing that he really is, like, comfortable with, which, of course is this completely perverse sort of thing that she's not into or anything like that. No reasonable person would want to do that on a first date, you know? Yeah, no. What the fuck? But that sequence shows you how disconnected socially this guy is from the world around him, you know? He is so disconnected that he does not even understand that you don't bring a girl to a porno theater on the first date. Right. You know, maybe even after the first year, you might want to start exploring (laughs) new ideas. You know, maybe you start thinking about it at that point. But, you know, probably just not a good idea to do it at all. Right. Right. And then Joker doesn't do anything like that. It doesn't portray him as being... Because he could have no victories, right? Travis Bickle gets these victories, gets these points where he can get confident enough to um, act out and uh, attempt to portray himself as a savior and actually be seen somewhat as a savior at the end because he's able to save um, the little girl's life, Right. right? Reconnect her with her family. She was a runaway and all of that. Jodie Foster, that, yeah. that character. So, you know, in an odd way, this this psychotic pervert is characterized as a savior at the end, right? So it's this lovely sort of, um, like, that's why the 70s movies were so good. Is There's a genuine, you know, puzzle 
that you have to deal with with yeah okay maybe he saved this underage girl who was a runaway yeah, but this, jesus look at this. this bad person that does a good thing yeah objectively uh-huh. a good thing yeah but it's not the way that you would prefer it to be yeah and all of the steps leading up to it tell you this guy's a scumbag yeah you know and uh genuinely someone who um committed to a violent path the biggest difference about him wow can't believe i'm about to say this the biggest thing about him and uh uh what you see what you can't see in these movies these days is now we've had those school shootings now we've had these public shootings that have been almost commonplace yes so a movie like taxi driver where you have someone who becomes like one of those shooters man you couldn't you couldn't do a movie like that but they did and they made the joker and that's why Mm. i think overall this movie is more harmful than anything Hmm. and i don't think it should have been made especially in the climate that it was made Mm. and i well, you got me with that one, man. I don't know, man. This was... Now, see... Sure, I, I guess I, it was brave to make it, but it was very well, I don't know that it was. <clears throat> I don't know that it was brave, but I will fall back to um, something that I had said before, which was that when this movie was first uh, announced, was coming out and all of that, there was a lot of hype to... Shut it down, censor it, it shouldn't be in theaters because they were afraid that there would be another shooting. And turned out uh, the exact opposite happened. And without China being involved, the Joker movie became like one of the highest grossing that year. Made a ton of money. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that the pressure point for what is going to make people... uh, act out in that way uh i don't necessarily think that it's uh inspiration is directly from the movies i think there are a lot of other influences and if this movie the joker had spent time really focusing on mental illness instead of trying to portray him 100 percent as a victim we might have been able to actually have some sort of interesting discourse within this movie about what it is to actually have to deal with mental illness on a daily basis as someone who suffers from it but we don't get that with this no it skips all that completely and Mm -hmm. just well here's an example they make up this this uh he has a neighbor and he makes up a false relationship with this neighbor right yeah if you're going to go the route of false relationships, delusional interactions, like he has a delusional interaction with uh, Murray uh, when he's watching the TV, right? right? Then why not do that all the time in his head? So he's performing for other people, people that he's aware of, but no one else is really aware of. Right. If you define his illness specifically so that we can get into you know consequences uh symptoms yes you know now 
we start getting into a genuine character instead of, you know... I mean, like I was saying with his laugh, when is... What does his genuine laugh sound like as opposed to this disturbed laugh that seems to crop up whenever? Yeah. And I just... I don't like that they try and make us feel sympathetic toward the Joker. I mean... At the end of the day, yeah, he is a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Like, yeah. the gun falls out at the children's hospital. <laughs> and yeah. Ob- they obviously fire him over it, but we're meant to feel sympathetic toward him after he had brought a gun to a children's hospital. Like, no. This- after he had already been telling the guy he didn't really want the gun, he was uncomfortable having the gun, yeah. all of that stuff... Suddenly, it's there with him while he's doing a dance. You wouldn't even put it like in a in a backpack or a satchel or something off to the side, so it wouldn't be on you while you were performing. Yeah, it's I just... mean, it's basic. It's that stuff that makes you that takes me out of the story immediately. Yeah, that you know? makes this movie so goddamn frustrating. Because, like <clears throat> I said, when I wasn't bored, I was frustrated <laughs> with this movie because it's just like man. Yeah. You don't understand certain basic things mm-hmm. about people or... Like I said, man... Well, what, what this, we've got the, with so, this... The society in this film is insane. Yeah. Well, the whole uh, economic class separation, I mean, on one hand... They're really playing up the idea that the super rich are, yeah. you know, separated and, um, you know, uh, looking down on lower classes and like there's this really deep divide. However, there's no security whatsoever. <laughs> so it's goddamn ridiculous. Yeah. So Joaquin can walk uh. up to a fence, literally grab a boy by his face, you know. <laughs> and there's no security around. And then when the guy who's supposed to be Alfred, for freak's sake, he looks nothing like Alfred whatsoever. He shows up and he's already seen him reaching for Bruce, right? And he gets close enough that he can get grabbed and choked and all of this shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Where are the armed security that would be around the gate? I mean, this yeah. is this is billionaire Thomas Wayne running for mayor, and he doesn't have any security around him at all? Right. Come on. I want to like this movie, but there are too many things that thing. jump up. We, we both went in, I believe, kind of cynical, but I believe right before we started it, we both said, like, all right, we need to give this movie a fair chance. Yes. We need to give it a fair shake. Like, yeah, we were both in, hopeful. Went in like... We I even discussed to, our like, concerns. Yes. <laughs> At length, we discussed our concerns. <laughs> yes. And uh-huh. then all of them materialized. All of them. 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 That was the shocking thing, was that everything that you said that you were concerned about happened. Yeah. Happened. And blatantly, and like within ten minutes, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't none even... of none of this. <coughs> yeah, has any subtlety whatsoever. Like, yeah, yeah. And again, that's the thing that I think this movie is very reflective of is from like two thousand four to two thousand ten. Mm. 
we made all the like you know Transformers, whatever big CGI. Yeah, Roland the blockbuster Emmerich. movies. Yeah, yeah. Roland Emmerich kind of huge movies. Summer blockbusters. And we all went, man, fuck that. <laughs> because these don't have a story. This is stupid. But I think that started to happen again with movies that are just kind of well shot. Because the Joker is not poorly shot. Well, yeah. There's and- several times where both of us during the movie, we're like, oh, that's a cool shot. Yeah, nice setup, nice uh, nice composition. Like, after he kills Randall, and he's sitting there, yeah. uh, and there's the splotch on the wall next to him. Uh-huh. Lovely frame-up. Yeah, you know? it's a Lovely. great shot. But yeah. I think we're starting to do the same thing. We're like, before we were bedazzled by CGI. We and- just want more out of our entertainment. Yeah, and, and now it's just like, oh, yeah, that's cool shots, but yeah. this writing is bullshit. Yeah, well, you know, and I think there that's was the a point. That's the thing that, like, M. Night Shyamalan's been skating on for years. Well, you know, the thing about him is that he's been smart enough to where he's clearly defined who his audience is, so he knows roughly how much money his movies are going to make. You know what I mean? He knows that did, did his sixth old? sense years are behind him. No, I didn't see old. But old I imagine... Old was great. Yeah? Was it really? Depending on your definition of a good movie. Oh, shit. See? Now, that's that's not was, a good sign, Chris. That's... Narratively, it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> but it, it was worth all $12 that I paid to walk into that theater to see it. Well, see, now that's exactly my point. It was worth every point. single penny. <laughs> yeah. Because it was goddamn stupid. <laughs> but you but, got what you wanted. There were four other people in the theater, and mm. I was worried that I had disturbed them because I was howling, laughing mm. in the front row. Oh, at how stupid this movie was! No, actually, but you probably added it. to their entertainment of the movie. But as well. I enjoyed every goddamn minute of that stupid yeah. ass film. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing about his movies is he knows roughly how much money he will clear, and anything after that is gravy. Right, so yeah. his production budgets are never more than what he expects he's gonna make. Yeah, of it, it's right? just some producer being like, "What kind of bullshit you got this time at yeah. night?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've and seen that with Disney the... and the Marvel movies, but they've been throwing blockbuster budgets at them, and that's why they're falling flat on their faces. I think you know, because they're spending so much money on the blockbuster budget, expecting the Flash will work. The Flash and Dash and all of that. And the stories are crap. See, I don't know shit about Marvel movies. Mm. And I know that people love the Black Widow that just came out. Oh, uh-huh. But I've also heard that, you know, like... Man, she should have had this movie like eight years ago. <laughs> like, at this point, they already ended it with... Was the end game or whatever? Like yeah. she died like three yeah. years ago or something. Yeah, so like, you already know how her character goes out, which is, you know, um, which again, just really bad timing. Which again, I will link that to the Joker with. I did say at the end of watching this film that it is a testament to whoever had to write this mm. 
mm-hmm. to write a almost sympathetic Joker movie mm-hmm. because that is a tall task. <laughs> well, extremely difficult, absolutely. But by the same token, to choose to emasculate him every step of the way rather than to show the deviousness of his mind and the cruelty of his mind. Right. You know, because those two elements were always the things that made him so shocking when he was Batman's adversary. Right. And the other funny thing is he knew Batman would always save his life. So he deliberately put himself in situations where it's like, okay, well, you know, this bomb is going to go off and this is going to happen. And so you're going to have to save them. And while you're at it, can you pick me up too? <laughs> you know, and Batman would do it because he, he was always about you do not kill, you know. So even if the Joker would jump over a bridge. Except for all the time that both. All the times that Batman explicitly kills people. (laughs) Well, that's the movies. (laughs) But in the comic books, which are, uh, you know, I always 100% recommend, uh, you'll even see, like, the Joker throw himself over a bridge laughing because he knows that Batman's going to jump after him or throw a batarang to, you know, because he wasn't locked up. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Because life to him was always precious. That's one of the reasons why... Batman is the ultimate Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh man. Wow. Well, no, uh, if you were... I'm going to beat on the mentally ill. Well, you know, that's why the... um, The um, mounted guns on the Batmobile, when I saw those in the movies and that sort of stuff, I was just like, oh, you guys, you know... (laughs) He's firing missiles from his car, blowing up factories and things. I'm like, that's that's just not how this fucking man operates. You don't <laughs> understand, you know? Anyway. Anyway. Apparently, it's now the same with the Joker. He's going to have a, a sequel. How do you feel about the sweet Schumacher bat nipples? Oh, well, I'll tell you one thing about Schumacher. When Dude. he had the... Um. Oh crap! Uh, the guy who was the Iceman, Val Kilmer, when he had Val Kilmer's <laughs> Batman, right? The guy who was the Iceman immediately. I just thought of like, oh Schwarzenegger, he was the Iceman in uh, Batman Robin. <laughs> but no, yeah, <laughs> Iceman in Top Gun. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Val Kilmer was the Iceman in Top Gun. Fun story about that little sidebar. Go ahead. Years and years and years ago, when I was like. 17 uh-huh. a friend of mine and i went to manpower to go sign up for jobs oh, okay and under nickname because we had been watching top gun earlier that day uh-huh. under nicknames he like winked at me and goes ice man <laughs> while he was filling out his application i was like Excellent. man that is the worst thing you could possibly do <laughs> oh that's cool but anyway Excuse me. Yeah, well, that particular, for me, as a Batman uh, movie fan, right, that's probably uh, my favorite one. And I know that's weird to a lot of people, 
but uh, I just liked the fight choreography in it. I liked the color schemes in it. I thought it was probably the most reminiscent of the mid-late 70s style Batman comic books. So, um... I'm talking about Batman Forever? Was that the, the, uh, the Val, Val Kilmer one? Yeah, the Val Kilmer movie? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That movie rips. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought... Uh, I came out of it, and I was like... Where, where Chris O'Donnell flawlessly houses like eight dudes and then bitch slaps <laughs> Batman in the tits. Well, dude, that's the thing, is that there it's were hilarious. lots of moments there in the movie. I walked out of the theater going, okay, okay, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's a comic book movie. That I think this is when I first started to gain that defense of just saying it's a comic book movie got to suspend certain amount. But of everything that I saw, even the Tim Burton Batmans, that was still my favorite. Because yeah. I just liked like how Val Kilmer was distracted when he played Bruce Wayne. You know, he would absentmindedly do things. I thought, those are nice little nuanced things, you know? Yeah. And people wouldn't understand why, but it's because he's ser- thinking about serious Batman shit, you know? <laughs> they just think he's some weird rich guy. You know, which in in a way he was. I, like I said, man, I love movies that are just like kind of accidentally insane. And that definitely yeah. falls within that. Yeah. Well, like, I thought the George Clooney Schumacher Batman, I thought that was terrible. Oh. Terrible. Well, well, but I, I love watching it because it's a complete like, fucking train wreck. That, that's, a, that's not like a bold statement. So <laughs> like, I didn't like Batman and Robin. Like, yeah. yeah, no one did. Yeah, I take no risks <laughs> saying that whatsoever. But I do, uh, like if there are people over or something like that, it's fun to have on in the background oh, just because it's so absurd. Yeah. You know? it's, it's almost like the, uh, was it the outtakes or like the behind the scenes footage from a phantom menace Mm. when you see george lucas even be like man i think we may have went too far (laughs) (laughs) somebody completely admitting that like oh man our movie's insane yeah (laughs) can't fix it now it is what it is well, yeah, and uh, no matter what, I mean, I do give them credit even at that time for not uh, curling up and and saying no, but actually saying, okay, well, you know, if if <laughs> you want to spend the money, let's try and figure it out, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they and they did take it on, uh, you know, God damn it, that is the thing, man. Like those Schumacher movies were fun. They're Even so, and they're so goddamn weird that yeah, like whenever, this movie was not fun. Dude. No, when was, am I gonna see a fun movie from the from DC? You know what I mean? Oh, the new Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. Really? I uh, I only watched a little bit of it. I fell asleep pretty quick. Because oh well, I'm that's not, not a ringing endorsement, Chris. <laughs> well, I, dude, I fall asleep during a lot of stuff. But okay. Like, <laughs> The first 20 minutes of it were very engaging, and I was like, man, I'm having a lot of fun with this, but I'm also very tired, and then just, like, fell asleep, but... Okay. I mean, um, did you I have see, heard that's good. Did you see, uh, the Harley Quinn movie? No. So, Birds of Prey? No. no. Dude, you should. Really? I enjoyed the living hell out of it. Really? I... I went into it watching it like, 
this is going to be stupid, like Batman v Superman or whatever yeah. bullshit. That... Some sort of train wreck. Yeah. And I sat there watching it going like, man, this has no right being this good. Really? It was very enjoyable. Huh. Okay. All right. The action sequences were shot well. Everything mm-hmm. else was done well. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not a good movie. Like, mm-hmm. but it's not it something... sounds like it's a comic book movie then. Yeah, it's not yeah. something that you're gonna fucking say change your life. But at mm. the end of it, I went, God damn, I enjoy the living shit out of that. Hmm. Right. Something I cannot say for the end of the Joker. <laughs> Because by right. the end of it, I think both of us just kind of went, ah, finally. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then it played, you know, that's life for the the end credits. And, I mean, you know. Um, for the third time. Uh, I mean, I understand thematically that's why you close with that song. But, you know, same thing with invoking the white room when you did. You had other options. You could have just done... <laughs> So many other things. Again, I cannot stress how (laughs) funny it was to see Brad just go, How dare you? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know. So, we should probably start wrapping this up. Yes. Do you have any... What are your final thoughts on the That was the chair. That was not me. That was the chair. Um, My final thoughts on the Joker. Okay. I suppose... Um, as I look back on the state of things at the time, that I can completely understand why this movie may have been seen as uh, a refreshing change of pace from what DC was releasing at the time. Uh, I understand why it made so much money, even without China, because clearly it did not have a whole lot of money going into it in the beginning you know so the less money going in and the more money coming out at the end the higher your profit is right right so i get that part of it but you know now that all the hype has died down and uh you can just sit back and watch it as the movie that it is i don't think i need to see it again (laughs) no you know and to me, that's that's the big benchmark, is do I feel like I want to watch this again? Mm-hmm. No, not really. No. It, it's a... I, I can't state enough. Again, <laughs> when I wasn't bored, I was very frustrated <laughs> with this film. And it's just, man, well, I don't need to watch this ever again. Yeah, it's a oh. deliberately depressing movie that victimizes a character who, at his core is all about control, domination, mayhem, chaos, uh, you know, not these things that are, you know, shut down or hid away in some timid person who laughs when they feel sad. Yeah, and it's... It's it's so goddamn (laughs) heavy-handed. All right, let's call it on that, dude. (laughs) Heavy-handed... As fuck. That is the final, uh, my final take on the should Joker. We, should we plug things real quick? Um, yeah. I am, uh, I'm sorry, I just jumped right in on that. 
Do you mind if I go first? Yeah, awesome. that's why I said it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Vice versus Vampires is uh, about three steps away from being an Audible exclusive, which means you'll find it uh, there and on Amazon and on iTunes, uh, which is a nice step ahead we'll be promoting with that, and then uh, Becoming Emily is the next one. We have started recording some character voices, and uh, no release date yet, but so far, so good. So the website is Mountain Fire Media, and uh, I'm Brad Havens. You can find me on YouTube and other places. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, my friend, what do you got coming up that you need to plug? Um... This. What's the next horror vomit review? This. Thing? Oh. <laughs> oh no. We, Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> we just recorded one that may or may not be out by the time we put this up about uh, Willy Wonka being a murderous child. Right? Excellent. And uh, very cool. It's about it. Okay. Uh, there's the other stuff. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> but uh alright then Brad it was very good sitting down and watching movies with you um I think Likewise. maybe we should Thank make you. this a thing not yeah not every week but I don't know maybe like once a quarter when the investors start crawling up our asses yes uh huh and we can have peak ratings to get the commercial sponsorship that yeah. we're seeking yeah um, Sounds good. Um, so we don't know what the next movie is yet, but we'll talk and then we'll do another one of these. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll talk about it. Absolutely. All right. No well, matter um, what, man, thanks for having me over. Thanks for making it happen. This is always a pleasure. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I had a whole lot of fun. Um, <laughs> cool. Should we say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> don't dress up and kill people. Please. Please don't. Don't be, a, don't be an asshole. Right. Oh. You can see.